guys, I'm Heather, and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why the... Why, I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. <sighs> hey, guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. And once again, we welcome you back to the Music List Podcast. My name is Ben. With me are my sisters, Beth and Heather. And we are siblings that argue while making music lists. That's the shtick. That's what we do. And we're going to do on this, you know, this is a, a talking podcast. Dare I say, a jive talking oh podcast. Oh. <laughs> and that leaves For us. Sure. We are doing a very best of the BGs in this episode. And uh, Heather corrected me earlier today because. I said that BG stood for the Brothers Gibbs. Gibbs? <laughs> yes, Gibbs. No. They think it, a lot of people think it stands for the Brothers Gibb. Yeah. Yeah. But they're plural. But, it, yeah. but their name's not. <laughs> but it's not I that anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess so. What are you talking about? That, that, is, a, that is a misconception. I that understand that, is, that, but why? It, but it's I, not I, Brothers I, Gibbs because their name's not Gibbs. It's Gib. But there's more than one. <laughs> brothers. It's you, plural. you pluralize them with brothers. Ooh. You don't have to put the S on English the... teacher over there. Brother Gibbs. No. Brother Gibbs. <laughs> That's the one Gibbs. <laughs> That's Miss Barbara's Barbara Gibbs' husband, Brother Gibbs. Shout out to Miss Barbara. <clears throat> well. But anyway. <laughs> okay, well. Everybody's just trying to take it. It took literally three seconds <laughs> for it to get weird. <laughs> Heather, I think, has uh, done a little research, (laughs) but uh, Beth, this is a special episode for us. It is a special episode. So we would like to dedicate this episode to our friends Cliff and Shannon at Tableside at 16th. (laughs) See, that would have been a lot more meaningful if I would have said it right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Apologies to take that, rewind it back. Oh, <laughs> take that, rewind, rewind it back. back. <laughs> Oop, can't do the next part. No, nope, oh, yeah. Lord. All right. The this episode is dedicated to our friends Cliff and Shannon at Tableside at Sixteenth Street. The podcast. Um, Shannon is a huge Bee Gees fan. Cliff does not like the Bee Gees at all. So. Out of spite, just a little bit, I'm dedicating it to both of them, <laughs> but especially Shannon, um, because she has asked us to do a Best Bee Gees episode, so here we are delivering. Are we doing it? Yeah. So we hope you like it, and you guys should go listen to their podcast. Um, it's uh, our two friends, and they just sit and talk about anything and everything, and it's much calmer. You can listen to us argue, and then you can go listen to them just have a a generally nice conversation <laughs> about any topic you can think of. So they run the gamut. So they should be back for season two already as 
this episode is airing, so they've been a year in the game, so they're starting season two up in February. Sweet. So, yeah. Fantastic. So, um, the Bee Gees, obviously iconically known for their disco period, but they really predate disco and did a lot of stuff before that. I mean, by a decade. Yeah. Really. I mean, almost 15 years. I mean. You know. 50, uh, 58. Yeah, so, I mean, wow. Almost <clears throat> almost two decades before disco got really hot. So, they've, there's a lot of history there. <clears throat> and <laughs> it's going to sound bad. Heather was the only one alive <laughs> when, this was, when this was super popular. So, true story. she's going to tell us a little bit more about the Bee Gees. <laughs> it's been from her memory. In the Paleozoic yeah. era. <laughs> Oh my God! What did we say? The crustacean. Crustacean period. I know we. Yeah, we didn't say that was you. Um, That's when all the all the shellfish came. Yeah. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, the Bee Gees, uh, three brothers: Barry, Robin, and Morris. Which looks like Maurice to us here in the Southern United Indeed, States, I but they all call him room. Morris. Um, so. Uh, Robin and Morris are twins, and um, so they started out in 1958. They um, they were born in England, and then their family moved over to Australia, which is where they spent the majority of their of their childhood and early adulthood. While they were there, they um, used to play at um, this movie theater, and uh, people would do like lip sync things and. Um, this was in the late 50s, and they were on their way to do their performance, and um, Morris apparently tripped and stepped on the record that they were supposed to bring, and they said, oh, well, can we do it anyway? And they had been, they'd been singing at their home and everything, so they played live, and the rest is history. Um, so if they started performing in 1958, that means that they were putting out Music or performances in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s until Morris died in 2003. So through six decades, they were performing, putting out music. That is almost unmatched as far as a career and a catalog. They've sold certified 120 million records. Um some estimates put that is even closer to 200 million records. Um, they are among the best-selling artists of all time. Very few artists um, outsell them. Uh, they were inducted into the Hall of Fame in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1997. And <clears throat> in addition to the fact that they have a huge back catalog and hits for themselves. They are um, known for also writing for other artists and some of the other, uh, the little, what is talking <laughs> words? Jeez. Um, so they wrote for Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. They wrote for Barbara Streisand, Diana Ross, Dionne Warwick, Otis Redding, Yvonne Elliman, Olivia Newton-John. Um, they wrote Grease for the Grease soundtrack. Um, just amazing songwriters, and they have a style that is so recognizable that 
even when other people sing their songs, you can easily, when you hear that it is a Bee Gees written song, you're like, oh, yep, there it is. We've mentioned that on a podcast before. Um, and what I think what makes them so special is that they, I did some research on this and they have a, a quality to their song. A lot of people have really tight harmonies and that is kind of the hallmark of their sound. But there is a thing, it's a, it's a thing called blood harmony and blood harmony is the sound that you get when siblings sing harmonies together because they share so much DNA. Their tone quality is going to match up better. Um, Sometimes it's hard to tell who is who because their voices sound so similar, which makes sense when you have siblings singing together. We've sung together a lot, and I think we have that. Beth and I both being female, I think that we probably share, obviously, more of a of a tone color. Um, sometimes it's hard if Beth and I are singing together. Sometimes even I can't tell who's singing if we're singing, especially if we're like our unisons are pretty much identical. So that's um, something that I think that might be their magic. Is there is the that quality that they get? We'll get into some of the some of the other tonal things um, in some of my picks later, um, but probably I, mean, I, I could. I love the BGs. I unapologetically love the BGs, and yes, I was there. So uh, during that whole disco era and. So maybe that's part of my affinity for the Bee Gees. But um, some of my songs are actually, well, one of my songs is not even from that era. It's It predates even me, <laughs> which I know is difficult. But. Well, and so, like, you know, we, we usually talk about what our criteria was. And not being a huge Bee Gees fan, I, I didn't know what my criteria would be. I mean, I knew that they were extremely talented singers. I mean, because what everybody knows about the Bee Gees, if you know anything about the Bee Gees, is that their falsettos are incredible. Mm-hmm. We know this. We know that their harmonies are maybe as tight as any group that has <clears throat> ever walked the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from yeah. professional choral groups in some of the most prestigious universities or, you know, professional choral groups in England or whatever, they're just that tight. They're just that good. And, you know, part of it, since they were kids, they've been together. So, you know, they understand each other as much as they understand themselves probably. So you know that. Um, And so going into this, that is – I knew that I wasn't a big disco fan. Mm -hmm. And so – for me, it was really like I'm just I'm going to listen to these songs. I'm going to I'm going to go into each one of them with an open mind, and the ones basically that just speak to me the most are going to be the ones that I like. So it's <laughs> not like because 
Here's the thing, and and of course, I always look at the lyrical content. Lyrical content is important to me, but it's going to be so hard to say, well, the musical content or the because it's going to be so dang good on every song. Yeah, you know, it's going to be hard to like say, well, the vocalization in this song was so much better than the one in this song because <laughs> that's their hallmark. That's what they do. So I mean, yeah. every song is going to be that. Way. <clears throat> So, I mean, there's some lyrical content stuff, and some of it is just, did I find myself, whether I wanted to or not, find myself bouncing my knee? (laughs) Did I, whether I wanted to or not, find my shoulders doing a little (laughs) bouncity-bounce, you know? And so, if if I couldn't help but move, then I thought, there's something to this one. (laughs) (laughs) What the So... That's my criteria okay. for yeah, this week. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> basically, I didn't realize how much I liked the Bee Gees until we started listening through for this. Um, and I didn't realize how many songs I knew. Um, it surprised me. I was, oh, they do that song. Oh, yeah, that song. And I f- just forgot that these existed. And I don't know where I picked them up over time. Because I don't remember us sitting down and actively listening when I was a kid, like growing up, to the Bee Gees. Like, I remember we definitely sat down and we listened to the Eagles. We sat down, we listened to the Beatles. That, the fact that I know a lot of those songs does not surprise me at all. I have no idea. Maybe pop culture because they're like, yeah. their songs are sprinkled throughout because they're really good to add in, like on a movie score or something for various, like they, they run the gamut of, emotions and tone for songs and stuff like that so um possibly a lot of it was pop culture but um it I ended up just kind of having to say okay it was kind of came down to preference for me um like I think it's the best and then just trying to say some sometimes it's like that it factor Mm-hmm. of a song that for some reason right. I just really like this and you may not and I may not be able to explain it um, and it may not have, like, I can check off this box, that box, like you're saying, you know, because they, they do kind of all do that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it was just personal preference on this one. And I think, you know, when, when we argue, I think a lot of times it's the it factor that we argue about. You can't quantify it. Yeah. And we want so hard, well, I don't agree with you, so I want you to, by golly, quantify it for me. Yeah. But, you know, that it, it that's what I'm going to say from now on. It's the it factor. I can't <laughs> That's a cop out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will do that. I will absolutely. Uh. <laughs> I will absolutely do that. So the draft order for this episode: Heather drafts first, oh, no. Beth drafts second, I draft third, and then uh, in round two we snake draft. So we'll reverse the order. I'll draft in Beth and Heather, and then Heather will draft first in the third round, and uh, that'll give us a total of nine, nine songs. And then we're going to cut that down to five songs. And then we're going to try to rank those five, the top five. Before we get started, Heather, since you remember all the social media things, just remind our listeners about our social media platforms. Okay, you can find us on Facebook, of course. You can find us on Instagram and X. Formerly known as Twitter. Formerly known as Twitter. And is there anything else? Did you say Instagram? Instagram. You did say that? Yep, I did. (laughs) Um, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, <laughs> those three. Yeah, and you know, if you have a suggestion for a show, we'd love to have. Yes. Them. What's we the email? 
<laughs> Put you on the, the music spot. <laughs> the music list podcast at gmail.com. Okay. The music list podcast at gmail.com. All right. So without further ado, <laughs> let's get to the draft. All right. Heather, you yeah. pick first. Okay. So looking at my list, I just happened to um to pick three examples. One of the things that sticks out to me about the Bee Gees sound is that um they they are all very accomplished in their vocal ranges and in that falsetto, but Barry Gibb in particular, I was, you know, listening and and he has he is basically like three singers. He has three distinct registers and all of my picks address a different one of those three different registers. Oh. Well, so um was that on purpose? Nope. No. <laughs> was not. Uh but the first one is um in their earlier years um and it is to love somebody. That of all of the songs he's ever written, this is the song he would choose. This is Barry wow. Gibbs' favorite song of all the ones that um, that they recorded. He uh, let's see, it reached number seventeen in the U.S. Um, it was also covered. It's been covered by Janis Joplin, Roberta Flack, um, uh, Michael Bolton. Just saying. <laughs> a little shameless plug for the for the band there. Um, he was asked to write a song in the style of uh, Sam and Dave or the Rascals for Otis Redding, and this is what they came they came up with. Um, Otis Redding, act, um, he actually passed away and did not record it. Hard to sing. Well, by yourself for sure. Yeah, but. <laughs> Hard to sing if you're dead. It is. It is. Um, so this in in this particular song, this is an example of you know Barry Gibb using his chest voice, singing with a little more power. He's not up in that really high falsetto range. He's not in that soft, gentle, airy, breathy. Um, he's just singing full out here. And um, what I th- he and Robin had a tendency to trade off leads not within a song but um they do sound so similar in that chest voice that sometimes they're hard to it's hard to tell who is singing what and it became a bone of contention and ultimately why they broke up um they broke up in or maybe a year or two after this because robin thought that barry was getting more attention he didn't like it, and he went did some solo projects, as is the case often. Oh, so he got he got mad, and he took his toys, and he went home. And then after a little bit, they got on the phone and said, "Well, we don't want to break up. We want to keep doing this." And so they got back together. But um, 
this this is one of those where it's it's often hard to tell Barry and Robin apart. But the the harmonies are so tight and it's just it, it's got that 60s kind of soulful groove which is what their stuff was largely like before they came back in the early 70s or and then moved on into the late 70s when their sound really really changed. This is not the type of sound that they're known for and a lot of times people don't even realize that this is the Bee Gees. Sometimes. So. Really? Yeah, it, it's strange when you say it's a Bee Gees song and they're like, well, you know, maybe they've heard other other versions, but maybe. even the versions. Like if you hear this, you could you should I be think able so. to identify. I think so. The voices, maybe not the style, but the voices are so yeah unique. But So to love somebody is my number one pick. The number one overall pick. And it's also Barry's number one pick. I feel like you're. I feel like you're I'm making a, it up, a yeah. point of emphasis I, there. Uh, I am. All right. So Barry and I <laughs> okay. pick to love somebody. <laughs> oh my goodness! So we called him. Up. I'm just curious, and Beth, you may know the answer to this. Uh-huh. How many votes does Barry Gibb have? Oh, I think that's about zero votes. Okay, 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 right. somewhere I'll around check. that. I was just, just check. Fair enough. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> None taken. And Beth. It's a me. Okay. So, my number one pick for the best BG song <laughs> is Tragedy. Having flown from 1979, um, it reached number one in the UK in February, and then in March it reached number one on the US Hot 100. Um, and it was also covered by British group Steps, and it was a number one hit for them. It was certified platinum in the US and Canada. Foo Fighters covered it in 2021 under their alter ego yes. DGs um, for That's their so good. <laughs> their album Hail Satin, <laughs> uh, which is great. It's like yeah, yeah, it's a it's a play. Um, Ben's like, hmm, what did she say? Um, but they covered five or six mm-hmm. BG songs, and um, they're, they're very good. It, it's Dave Grohl. He does everything well, so go check that out. Um, so, uh, fun fact. It's time for a fun fact. Fun fact. Um, oh, I should have done a... <laughs> oh, all right, so... They wrote this song. So they wrote Tragedy, Too Much Heaven, and Shadow Dancing, which is an Andy Gibb release. Um, And it was a number one hit for him in the same day when they had an afternoon off from making the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie. So that was a pretty darn good night for them, right? Three 
great songs in one day. Um, it wasn't originally in Saturday Night Fever, but it's been added to the score of the West End version. Um, so this is their fifth of six consecutive U.S. number ones. So it started out with How Deep Is Your Love, Staying Alive, Night Fever, Too Much Heaven, Tragedy, and Love You Inside Out. Six consecutive number ones that spanned in a span of two years. Which stayed that way until Whitney Houston. Yes, they had they had tied the record with Bing Crosby, the Beatles, and Elvis for six. Uh, six consecutive number ones. That's and then Whitney Houston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then Whitney Houston broke that record with seven. Yeah, pretty good company. <clears throat> Indeed. So there are synths, guitars, horns, their signature harmonies, and the intensity of the music, I feel like it underlies the is underlying the vocal and it really emphasizes that sense of pain and uneasiness from a breakup. There's it's you know, a lot of their music is um it's easy to listen yeah. to. It's but a this, big song. It has yeah. yeah, it has a lot of punches in it. Um so the verses, he's you know, singing about lonely times and kind of this wandering feeling in the melody. And then the bridge, the, the melody in the bridge, it builds in intensity. I should be holding you. And then on the chorus, it's full on desperation. This is a tragedy. I'm, you know, I'm in despair. Um, so, and then it goes back down for the second verse and kind of repeats that progression, um, which is the process daily for this singer who... Um, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going through again, and then it hits me again, and I'm, it's a tragedy. I'm, I'm in desperation. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of how it is when a breakup. You feel yeah. lonely, and sometimes you're like, I'm kind of numb, and then sometimes you're at the peak of being upset. Uh, so it's got some really interesting guitar lines sprinkled at the end when they do a lot of, it gets really repetitive at the end singing the, the chorus, but mm -hmm. they have some really interesting guitar lines sprinkled in. Plus there's a breakdown with a big crash back in. It's a very dramatic song, uh, which is fitting for the title of <laughs> Tragedy. Um, and I like it. I enjoy it very much. This is one of my favorites. It's not, my favorite is actually Shadow Dancing, which I thought was a BG song, <laughs> but it's an Andy Gibb song, yeah. so I couldn't put that for one. So. Can we talk about Sergeant Pepper for just a second? Sure. Because... Okay, I was devastated to find because I love the Sgt. Pepper movie because it's two things that I really like. It's Beatles songs and it's Bee Gees <laughs> and it's cheesy as all get out and it's not a great piece of filmmaking. I will admit that. But there are some gems in there that are really well done like because... Like, they're doing the backups for Alice Cooper, doing all his weird stuff, and Because, which is one of my very favorite Beatles songs anyway. Um, them doing, you know, uh, You Never Give Me Your Money, She's So Heavy, um, She's Leaving Home, A Day in the Life. You can see how those songs would lend themselves very well to Bee Gees, yeah. to a Bee Gees sound. I love it. I've seen it a million times, and I found out through watching one of the documentaries about the Bee Gees, that they absolutely hated even being a part of it, and they asked <laughs> to be released and not have to do it in the middle of filming. Obviously, that was not, not happen. That wish was not <laughs> granted. But uh, I still recommend it if, you know, it's, it's not Citizen Kane, but there's a time and a place for <laughs> mindless it is. Entertainment. And and actually, the soundtrack 
Maybe just go get the sound. Maybe just go get the soundtrack and do, listen to that instead of because then it's just Beatles covers done by Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees, and yeah. maybe that's your best bet. Who on their cover of A Day in the Life starts out as a Barry? Barry. So I'll be honest. I feel like Barry does John Lennon better than John Lennon does. John maybe. <laughs> maybe. He's, like, he's just better a better vocalist. singer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just much more pleasant. To, I mean, obviously we have. You know, yeah. You know how we feel about the Beatles. Um, if you've listened to our other podcast about them, but I think sometimes the covers of the Beatles songs sometimes are a little. Well, yeah, and I, 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 I tend to enjoy the Aerosmith cover of "Come too. Together" off of that soundtrack yeah. more than the Beatles version. Same. But, so anyway, that Sergeant Pepper. You may hate it, and if you do. Sorry, but I really dig it. So I felt like it needed <laughs> to dig be it. mentioned. Ben? Okay. My first uh, pick is the collaboration with ACDC. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, what? Have y'all not seen the have y'all not seen the mashup of Staying Alive to Oh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, y'all haven't seen them yes. doing Staying Alive and it's yeah. uh, ba- back in black. Yeah. They've done it that. to the music to back in black. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's amazing. No, actually, it's from 1979, Too Much Heaven. Amazing song. Remember those horns, please. Heaven. Uh, this was the Bee Gees contribution to the UNICEF fund and sung at the UNICEF concert. It raised over $7 million for the Children's Emergency Relief Fund and they got to meet Jimmy Carter at the White House and so much. And so part of it was I like a feel-good story and, you know, the proceeds for this song went to help, you know, children in, in bad shape. Uh, so it later appeared on their 13th studio album uh, called Spirits of Flown, which we've mentioned. Um, it rose all the way to number one, knocking off La Freak. Oh. By Chic, but pronounced by many in Arkansas as Chick. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the longest recording process of any song on the album. There were nine different layers with three parts apiece for a total of 27 Harmony parts. Let me tell you that again. Nine layers of three harmony parts that were all different. Nine times three is 27 different. There's only seven notes. 
<laughs> in an octave. Actually. So it's, now I'm sure that some of them were like high A's and low A's. And I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different octaves. I mean, you know, but my goodness. What yeah. I'm saying is yeah. it's a lot of parts. Yeah. Right. But the reason I told you to remember the horns, when I was listening to this song, I thought, this sounds like a Chicago song. Mm. That was the Chicago horn section. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Being a, yeah. That was a fun yeah. fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, and I did. I, was, I remember listening to it when I'm, when I'm trying to rank my songs. I'm like, that sounds like Chicago. Good reason for that. Mm-hmm. It was Chicago horn section. A <laughs> uh, lot, lot, uh, lot of elements there. A lot of different kind of genre feels, I would mm-hmm. say. You kind of feels like a rock ballad. Kind of got some R and B elements yeah. to it. It it is late seventies BG, so you still kind of have those disco things going yeah. on. And I was thinking there there's this is a song that would lend itself to some great covers. The oh, Eagles sure, yeah. could knock this out of the park. I would love to hear, mm-hmm. especially with the Timothy Schmidt, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think they would have done a great job. At doing this, I kind of um, get a Smokey Robinson. I think Chicago. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously it, yeah. Chicago. I think yeah. could have done this, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, some R and B guys, Smokey Robinson. I mean, this could have been this could have been done um, well in in a lot of different ways because it could go in a lot of different directions. And a lot of that, I think, is the strength of their songwriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that they they write songs in such a way that they can be someone can take it and make it their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite all of that and saying that, you know, and I, I put Al Green, I thought Al Green would have done oh, a great yeah. job. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, Smokey Robinson would have been fantastic too. But all that said, I mean, the Bee Gees, obviously, Al Green wouldn't have done 27 harmony parts. Probably not. No. And the, the <laughs> Eagles would have done like four. <laughs> well, they got Vince now, so they could add. He's got a good range, yeah, good but, high range too. But Glenn's dead, so take well, that one out. That's true. Whoops. He replaced his one. Yeah. So oh, actually, it is not. Yeah. He, well, would have, he would have to sing the low part. Mm. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> that, that got take dark. it easy, guys. Oh. oh. <laughs> wah, wah, <laughs> <That> is- <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. so, but anyway, that was my selection. Too much of it. Yeah. That's got some really cool nuancy things that are that just kind of give you a little shiver down your spine. Some the, yeah. you know, the way they lean into it, like in the later courses. And I mean it's it, really good. It really highlights to me how good they are vocally and how tight they are because when they do you know, the vib- the vibratos mm-hmm. are even. Yeah. And you know, like in in choral music you're told you can't match your vibrato, so don't sing right. with vibrato. <laughs> right. But I mean, these guys were just—I yeah. mean, just super, super tight, and their slides are so pristine. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, to just be able to do it all at the same time. So, yeah, that—that's my first pick. I get another one. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one that I'm thinking: is this even appropriate? How deep is your love? What does that mean? I feel you touch me in 
This one was recorded for the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Went all the way to number one. Stayed in the top ten for 17 weeks. That's a long time to stay in the top ten. It spent six weeks at number one in the adult contemporary charts. And Billboard rated it number 27 all time in adult contemporary category. Rolling Stone has it 375th in the top 500 greatest songs of all time. Interesting note. Uh, the UK voted it as the nation's favorite BG song. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Here's what I like about this song. And, you know, I, I'm a lyrics guy. And what I and I really like word painting, which I think is the correct term, when the music matches, kind of helps tell the story with what the words are. So the verses are very typical love song lines. It's... You know, looking at your eyes in the sun, touching in the pouring rain, wanting to fill you in my arms again, all the lovey-dovey stuff. In the pre-chorus, we have this hint of potential problems. (laughs) Suddenly, the girl is softly leaving, you know, and she's having to show her love because the guy's starting to question it. And then the chorus, it gets even worse, right? Now, people are actively trying to break them up. So, and what I like is that the music kind of builds in the intensity, and it's almost like a whodunit, you know, with the way that the the way that the music builds up to that. You know, it's like, oh, oh, this is getting worse. This is getting worse. And they use, um, I think, some minor chords in there in the uh, in the chorus, which kind of gives you this sense of wonder. <laughs> Is this gonna is this <laughs> is this relationship gonna work out? Second verse, it happens again. Typical love song tropes. Pre-chorus, slipping to question. And then the chorus again. People are actively trying to break them up. <laughs> and who are these people? The world won't let us be. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. So you have that lyrical contrast and I feel like we need to get Ben and, like a did monocle you? and a pipe and a Sherlock Holmes hat. Like, I'm wondering, did you really Why sit down you? and go? I did. Dun, dun, dun. I, I didn't. I did not. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. But I, this 100% is my analysis. Okay. Yeah. This is nobody else's analysis. This okay. Is, you know, I taught English. Yeah. Yeah. So I can analyze, I think. Analyze. <laughs> analyze. <laughs> It's a good one. I can also make up words. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. This is the video. Have you seen the video? Oh. They should I imagine, that's I, the one imagine with I did the, when I was researching. That's the one with the dead eyes. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, they have it in that one when they, too. It's just them spinning around. But that's not quite as bad as the Night Fever video. Oh, yeah. Because it's bad. Some intense eye contact with the camera and just nothing behind the eyes. <laughs> they should not have made videos. They did. A lot of the videos are just 
them at a microphone yeah. and the camera going, dink, with yeah. dink, With bad lighting dink. behind them. Bad lighting and Robin. Or there was one, and it may have been this one, where I think they're on like some sort of turntable. Yes, that's yes, it. This, they're this just one. walking in circles. And, and you know, they're yeah. just, The lights are shining on them. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's like, we might could have done a better job of production. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, by that time, they had the money. Yeah. yeah. But, again, this is not best music video. It's true. Right, 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 right. It's just the best Bee Gees It's a good song. song. It is a good song. And that's my second pick. Okay. All right. My second pick is, it's, I don't want to say it's a stretch, because they did definitely record it themselves, um, but they did not originally. They wrote it, but they didn't originally record it. It's Emotion. first recorded by Samantha Sang, and it was her only hit single. Um, and Barry sang harmonies and background vocals on her recording of that. And the Bee Gees recorded it in 1994 and released it on their Greatest Hits album. And then um, in 2001, Destiny's Child covered it. and that was a it good hit version. The great version. And it hit the top 10 in the U.S., top 5 in the U.K., um, and then top 10 in several other countries. Um so many have had success with this throughout the years because the theme is timeless and the songwriting is relatable. The melody is great. The lyrics are very good. Um, so I think that speaks, again, to the, the quality of the song itself because Samantha Sang does not sound like the Bee Gees, does not sound like Destiny's Child, you know. Um, so, um, but they were able all to tap into that feeling of losing someone and still being hung up after they leave the relationship. And it's over and done, but the heartache lives on inside. That's a like that feeling of that hole in your gut after you break up with someone. Um, but you're trying to hold it together in front of other people. You ne- you'll never see me fall apart. It's all bottled up inside. So there's kind of that tension of I have all of these emotions, but I can only let them out when I'm by myself, when it's like, it's nighttime and I'm there's there's nobody left to kiss me goodnight. I'm never like I'll oh, I'll never recover from this, you know. Um so um yeah, it's really sad and I love it. Okay. Is it me? It is. Okay. My second pick is largely largely regarded as their big comeback song. Um from nineteen seventy five. Number one on the Hot 100 and on the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Jive talking. You cannot sit still and listen.
about this song is the rhythm. He actually got the inspiration to write this um, after he modeled it, that scratch guitar part, after the sound their car made every day going over the Julia Tuttle Causeway in Miami. <laughs> and so the original title to this song, oh, jeez, boy. That's, <laughs> the original title, working title of this Oh God! Was <laughs> was drive talking? No. <laughs> yep. And so, um, obviously, that <laughs> that change. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, so, um, this song is is more widely appreciated, I think, for the instrumentation that they introduce into it more. Th- than the vocals even. Um, it's such a departure from the stuff that had come before. Um, it's one of the earliest uses of synth bass on a pop recording. Um, and so it just that you you cannot really sit still and listen to that song. It just, that groove that Morris lays down. Um, and after hearing Jive Talking... Lindsey Buckingham went and wrote Secondhand News, which is on Rumors, and you can hear it. You can hear that, especially that intro. And um, so originally, <laughs> once he, he he changed that working title to Jive Talking, uh, You Dance With Your Eyes. And so the producer, the producer asked him, he's like, do you know what Jive Talking is? And he's like, yeah, it's dancing. And he said, "No, no, <laughs> it's a it's it's an expression uh, for uh, BS, mm-hmm. you know." And so then you dance with your eyes. He changed it to "You're telling me lies," and then changed the rest. Um, Robin said because they were English that they were less self conscious into going into what they what they called no go areas, you know, that when things that were, you know, traditionally um, found more in uh, music that was done by black artists, they weren't as self-conscious into what, I guess what we would think of now as appropriating that type of yeah. sound or, or, or lyric or things like that. So they just kind of did what they, you know, whatever they wanted because they weren't living in America at the time, you know, and they just, they kind of, you know, didn't realize that, that maybe adopting phrases would be problematic, you know. I'm going to start using that term. I like that. Jive talking? Jive talking. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see if I can get that started at school. Tell these kids. <laughs> these might. kids that come in. You jive talking. telling the story. You know, stop that jive talking, young man. <laughs> I think that, that you saying what that you're going mean? to have to stop that jive, jive talking, talking, young, young man. man. <laughs> I think you should say it just like that. Yep. What's, what's jive talking, Mr. Dunn? <laughs> <laughs> it's BS. You telling me lies? <laughs> you dance with your eyes. <laughs> oh god. So um I'm glad that he changed it. I think that was that was probably the best. It's better than drive talking. Drive talking. Yeah, it's definitely better than drive talking. <laughs> that was a step up. True story. It, it was. I mean, but you know, you can just see him going across the bridge just hearing that you know and drive talking. I mean, uh what was it? You got to start somewhere. Eggs. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yesterday. Okay, so then I get. Do I do? Wait, you go. You get I get. Pick. Okay, first pick of round three. All right. Okay, here it is. I'm, ex- I'm excited, and I can't believe 
that I got it, and I can't believe really that it's third round. Somebody had to do it. It's staying alive. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> 1977. Written for the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Number 189 on the Rolling Stones' 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. Like I said, it was number 89 on the 500 greatest songs of all time in 2004. In 2021, they updated it to number nine. I mean, uh, 99. Sorry, not number nine. 99. So it moved up quite a bit. Um, It's number one on the Hot 100 on countless best of lists. Um, It won a 1979 Grammy certified, certified platinum in multiple countries. Uh, here's a fun fact. It's time for a fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we broke something. <laughs> okay. The band listed the drummer as Bernard Lupe. As And the real session drummer's name was like Dennis Byron or something. But Lupe became, Byron Lupe or Bernard Lupe became a highly sought after drummer uh, until it was discovered that he did not exist. <laughs> they just did that as a nod to some famous session drummer, and everybody's like, who is this guy? Uh, and so that poor drummer that really did yeah. it lost yeah. a lot of business. Dennis Byron could have worked a lot more. Um, yeah. Also, here's another fun fact. I'd be, I'd be so yeah, mad. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, at 103 beats per minute, it is used... Uh, in a study to train medical professionals on the correct number of chest compressions per minute. So, and staying alive. And there is a great office scene. Yep. Yes. That, uh, oh. yeah. When he puts the thing on his <laughs> the face. The mask. He cuts the face <laughs> off the dummy. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm glad you mentioned because... Here's why I think this song deserves to be on the list and possibly even higher than I have it. It is a definitive song for a, compl- a genre. When If somebody says, name a disco song, go. Most of the time, people are probably going to name this first or second. The whole disco, John Travolta pose, you know, it's this song, you know, when anytime somebody starts dancing to this song, they're immediately going to do the disco point. It is probably their most widely recognizable song. Oh, for sure. I, I, you know, um, I don't think a list of BG songs would be complete without it. Um, 
Now, here's the thing about disco. Whether you love it or you hate it, the fact is that there are other genres that would not exist without it. And those genres include funk, hip-hop. They would not exist without disco because it, that, I mean, they took these songs that were being played in the clubs and then they'd sample them because they're so danceable. And then that's how a lot of hip-hop came to be. So um, even though it did get the backlash and and um, it was 1980 uh, in Chicago, Kaminsky Park, when they had the death to disco or disco demolition or whatever, and people... Once they, it, it caused a whole huge riot. Harry Carey was there and commented <laughs> on, I mean, these, they just flooded the field and there was such a backlash against disco and they would start having BG free weekends and stuff like that. So um, they're so talented, they were able to regroup and keep putting out music on for another. 20 years, but as far as individual songs that define not only this band that we're talking about, but a a genre in general, I think it would be a very short list that would accompany this song for defining a career in a genre. So that's my number one. I mean, I don't think there's any question that it's, the most famous disco song, period. Probably. You know, and I think that if you were to ask somebody just off the hip, real quick, name a BG song, this is probably the first one that's going to come to mind. Yeah, I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that at all. And it, it this, this is, you know. Uh, like you would anticipate this being an encore song. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, Jive Talking kind of had that breathy, breathy berry, you know? And so this has the, just that quintessential falsetto, <laughs> like it or look, hate it. Mm-hmm. It's that Bee Gees sound, especially from Barry. But, I mean, the, the, the lyrical content is not, I mean, I wouldn't say that the lyrical content is stellar in this. But there are a lot of words that they're... There are a lot of words, you know, and so to be able to. I can't understand what they are, but there are a lot of words. It's about, it's basically about life in the, in New York City specifically, but just the, the plight of, you know, being poor, living in a oppressed area, you know, just hard, hard living. But, um. But it's such a peppy song. It is. Set it to such music. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. My third pick is 1977's Night Fever. Yeah, 
released on the soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever. Spent 13 weeks in the top 10. And it remained in the number one spot for eight weeks, which is the most of any song that year. Um, this one is like straight up disco. So disco. I mean, so like it's the perfect. other ones that I had. So like tragedy is more like dance rock or like even Wikipedia calls it synth metal on tragedy. And I'm like, mm. but with some of the guitar lines, I'm like, okay, I get how you got there. Emotion is more of like a pop soul or smooth soul kind of thing. And this one, I just was like, this is Bee Gees. Yeah. I gotta have a solid disco pick, and Night Fever is probably my favorite of some, their disco songs. They changed the name of the movie after they heard this song. They changed it. They, he wanted it, to call it what Saturday Night or something like that. Yeah, and, then, and once they heard this song, yeah. they changed it. To, um, it's not super deep. It's just a well-written dance song, and I think there's there's a time and a place for that mm-hmm. stuff. That's just fun, feel good, makes you move, makes you like the music, and it's. Like, it's really rich in, like, layers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Um, and then, and like, there, there's a descending line, like, on the very thing, the very first of what we just played. And you can barely hear it because it's it's low, which is not, it's in the low range. But I was like, man, that little run was tasty. And mm-hmm. then they're, they're jumping up high and, um, like, the, the synth and everything just layered in and the bass, it's just... There's a lot to listen to and a lot to pick up on. You can go back and listen and find something new. Yeah. Every time. It's a pretty perfect disco song. It's a great, great, it, great disco it just, song. It's kind of like exemplary for mm-hmm. every element of disco. Yeah. And it's got like, as a, a their songs kind of do, they have different sections, you know, because it was hard for me to pick a spot out where I'm like, okay, well, I want to hear this part where it's like mm-hmm. this melody and then, but, ah, oh, but I got to have the chorus in there, you know. Um, so like their songs are, they're just interesting. They're, they're repetitive in big blocks. Mm -hmm. I feel like, um, with multiple sections within each one. So night fever and the video, the video is bad. The video is, oh man, the video is terrible. So like it, it's like, um, they didn't release it at the time it was recorded, which that's probably for the (laughs) best, but like, it's very cheap, um, like strip, like video of like somebody <laughs> driving down footage. a strip <laughs> and then like they are superimposed on top of it just very close up and then again that's the dead eyes just <laughs> boring into your soul and there's that's like robin and there's like waffle house in the background yeah. or something like it's it's, weird. it's bad it's really bad and i'm like y'all but the song you good. have monies <laughs> <laughs> make a better video yeah but anyway it's a great song so yeah. it, it over it would overcome i think yes. even a terrible video I keep hitting the thing. Yeah, it's me. That's you? Okay. It's me. The last pick. The last pick. Woo! And interesting that the last pick would be their first legitimate disco song. 1976, You Should Be Dancing. This is the iconic John Travolta scene in Sorry Not Being. Misheard lyrics issue yeah. going on here. Me too. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's the one you think. Was it right there? Right there. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I thought originally what you're doing in your butt. <laughs> I was going to put that on our next misheard lyrics. So this is from the Children of the World album. Hit number one on the Billboard Top 100. It stayed there. 
for quite some time, and it was number one on the Billboard dance charts for seven weeks, and it actually went all the way to number four on the Soul charts. This was the song that launched the Bee Gees into disco. Lyrically, it's not particularly <laughs> strong. It's not prose that I would say is on the level of Frost or Whitman. <laughs> Yet it delves into one of the deep questions of the day. <laughs> Stop. Don't. 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 Don't do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah, do it. What you doing on your back? Okay. <laughs> I had what to go- you doing on your back? And <laughs> yeah. But that really isn't the question. The question really is inferred. Should you be on your back lying down? What? The answer is... <laughs> or this, I, I need you to take this somewhere. <laughs> yeah. The question, what you're doing on your back? Yeah. Yeah. They don't want the answer of what you're doing on your back. What they're asking is, really, should you be on your back lying down right now? <laughs> because the answer is nay, my friend. <laughs> nay. I said don't make it weird. That's weird. <laughs> you should be dead. <laughs> yeah. You should be dancing, not lying on your back. Thou shouldst be dancing. <laughs> and thou as shouldst. we all know, it is very hard to dance while lying down on I your back. <gasps> Whoa. Who did that? <laughs> like a, I was going to say I disagree, but there was some weird. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that was weird. Oh, God. We've lost. Control. But musically, so lyrically, okay, it's not super strong lyrically, mm-hmm. but musically, it's very good. Great horns. There's actually like a, a legitimate rock solo, uh, guitar solo that goes on around in the around somewhere in the middle of the song. And the vocal, I mean, it's it's the Bee Gees. So, I mean, you, you know that the, the vocals are going to be on point. The harmonies are going to be on point. And what I think this song does so well is there, there's like a lot of like mini hooks. And I think you kind of mentioned it like in the last song. Like mm-hmm. there's different sections of the song. And each section of the song kind of has its own little hook. Right? Whether it's <laughs> what you're doing on your back. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's a very memorable part of the song. Obviously, yeah. the You Should Be Dancing, yeah, yeah is, you know. Um, and then instrumentally, there's also like some little instrumental hooks in there as well that kind of keep you going. So, um, yeah, but I do think that that was, during the disco era, that was a critical question. What you doing on your back? <laughs> I mean, who, I was around during that time. People the, used to ask all the time, hey, what you doing on your back? <laughs> Just walking down the street. But who <laughs> had the courage <laughs> to ask that question? The Bee Gees. <laughs> okay. And I think that should be rewarded in the podcast. Okay. Oh, that's I, a mic drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have nine songs selected. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> and uh, before we list them, let's yeah. let's list the ones that we oh. did not. Uh, select the okay. only I, the top seven on my list were selected. Oh wow! Eight and nine were not selected, and that was more than a woman. Okay. And nights on Broadway. 
Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I had, I also had nights on Broadway, yeah. Uh, How Do You Mend a Broken Heart? Mm. Uh, one of the, Some of the early, earlier stuff did not sound like the disco stuff. Um, I Started to Joke. Um, it got the whole world crying. Yep. Yeah. And then everything funny. else was was mentioned. Okay. okay. So you only had two songs also. That Th- uh, seven of your of your selections were selected. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, six. Because I, I also had nights on Broadway that oh. didn't get selected. I only had one song that was not selected. Oh. Uh, and it's Man in the Middle. It was off there Man 2000. Man in the Middle. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it's actually is from their <laughs> 2001 release, um, and it's a little more like, I don't want to say alternative, but it's more like just adult rock. It's not anything like anything else I have on the list. So, mm. yeah, it's it's very different. You should go listen to it yeah. and hear some more of the, their range. And they did a song also with um, Celine Dion called Immortality. Beautiful. It is so good. That was like in the late 90s. But we do have nine songs selected. Beth, can you tell us what those nine songs are, please? Yes. Ben has drafted Too Much Heaven, How Deep Is Your Love, and You Should Be Dancing. Heather drafted To Love Somebody, Jive Talking, and Staying Alive. And I drafted Tragedy, Emotion, and Night Fever. All right. So we have nine songs. And now we're going to try to cut those nine songs to five songs. Talking it up. On the, the Musicless podcast, making I'm musicless, having some crazy, crazy arguments. <laughs> Did you not ever see your face? Did you not ever see the Very Good Talk Show on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> what the? Heck? Ben is frozen Just in time. <laughs> All right. You fail, Ben. About a <laughs> I was surprised. Good. That's what we were going for. Okay. So surprises. <laughs> <laughs> we should have we yeah, should have wow. brought you in on that yeah, so we could have had the yeah. would have been nice to know. You're welcome for that, by the way. I didn't say thanks. <laughs> I didn't say you needed to. <laughs> okay. So now let's see what surprises we have in store for the top five. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is gonna get out of control. It's gonna get out. Of, gonna get out of out of pocket. Gonna be out of hand here pretty soon. Um, I really don't know how to proceed because I don't I, like I the BBs. <laughs> I feel like maybe what is happening. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> oh I, thought my God. God. <laughs> I thought we got hacked. I thought we got hacked. What you thought, like QAnon got hacked? What, what is going on? <laughs> Jeez. You know, the dead Gib brother came back from the grave and was like, that would be, no. Well, three of them now. <laughs> oh. Three of them are dead? Yes. Really? Barry's the only, one, the only one left, left standing, yeah. He's the only one staying, staying alive. Staying alive. <laughs> yeah. What? Is, okay. It's him. Our producer is, is putting uh, effects on, but only on my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> so, so 
welcome in last week. And I'm like, wait, is that me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I feel like maybe someone with a little bit more BG expertise should lead this process. Because I... I don't mean this in a bad way. Honest to God cannot differentiate many of these songs. <laughs> well. So does anybody want to take take the reins on this one? Okay, so one is going to be to love somebody. <laughs> Two is going to be job talking. Just, You're just facilitating the process. <laughs> Dude. Sean says he did not push the button. It is the ghost of it's, it's the, the ghost of Mars. The, go, the ghost of Gib. <laughs> I'm gonna write a short story yep. about singing Gib Brother Ghost. <laughs> I'm gonna call it a Christmas Carol. Oh, a Gibmas be, Carol. A Gibmas Carol. <laughs> the ghost of Gibmas Past. You know what? And he's just gonna come up to you. Know, he's come to your bed. <laughs> and. Barry can be Scrooge. Good. Oh. He's sad. He is. Sad. There are three dead Gib brothers and they <gasps> the three go. <laughs> well, but you have to have another one because who's going to be Marley's ghost? Morris. Morris is Morris. Yeah. But then, hmm. I think we're on to something I here. We are. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Oh, well, let's ask this. Okay, let's take the most famous song that they ever had, in my opinion, which would be Staying Alive. I had Staying Alive number three. Yeah. Where did you have it? Uh, Three. Where did you have it? Seven. Whoa! (laughs) Shame. It's best, not most famous, and I don't think it's the best. You think it's the seventh best, though? No. I liked six other songs better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, what? I mean, I. Yeah, what I what was your number one? Your number one pick was uh, to, love to love somebody. somebody. I did not have that in my top eight, top nine. It was eight for me. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Table. The next pick was tragedy. I did have tragedy number four. I did not have tragedy at all. This is going to be rough. <laughs> I had too much heaven uh, as my number one. That was my number three. Uh, six. Oh. Good Lord. <laughs> How deep is your love was my number two. Four. Six. Mm. <laughs> Emotion I did not have in my top nine. I did not have that either. Jive talking I had number six. Two, zero. I did not have it. <gasps> Join us next time. <laughs> okay. Um, staying alive, we talked about night fever. Now, here's one that's got a chance. It was my number five. None. Four. Good Whoa. Lord. <laughs> you should be dancing. Didn't have it. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so when so we much got for that theory, we, when we, we got we the bro- list, we broke the music list podcast. Yeah, yeah, when we got the list, and it was so small of all the ones that like could possibly be drafted. It was small, and I said, "This is either going to be really good or really bad." It's really bad. It's really bad. Okay. All right. What do you guys think? I mean, how do we proceed? How do we how do we um, get in get into eliminating some or moving some over? Is are there any that we could eliminate? Well, nobody else had emotion. So, I'll take that one. Out. It's a great song. It was just one that they originally that's why it didn't make anywhere on my list was because they originally wrote it for someone else and they did record it. Yeah. And, and I'll give you that. So I have to get rid of three more to get it. That's the math to get a Yes. yes, yes so, yeah. so, Hmm. Where was you, where did you have to love somebody? Eight. And you what, didn't have tragedy on your list. I did not. That kind of throws around. I mean, I I had it in my top five. Hmm. Where'd you have too much heaven? Uh, six. Where'd you have it? Three. By, you know, averages it out, that comes out to less than... They all kind of averaged out, though, was the problem. <laughs> well, if that's the case, emotion will be, like, number one, because we'll have to add zeros for us. Right. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, like, the spread for each one of them that were on all of our lists, they were it was a wide range. I do feel like that that one is almost certainly going to go over just because the lowest heaven? the lowest rank is 6. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. I like that one. Could do that. Um And I feel like there could be some backlash if staying alive isn't in the top 5. And we care about our fans so much. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, I didn't have it down I mean, I, at number seven on my list. Huh? You had it seven? I had it seven. Yeah. yeah. Where'd you have it? I had it three. <clears throat> I also had it three. Where'd y'all have Night Fever? Nine. Five. It was in my top five. Where'd you have it? What was Night Fever for you? Four. Hmm. You know, like I said, I mean, all my my top seven got drafted. My my top seven were too much heaven, how deep is your love, staying alive, tragedy, night fever, jive talking. You should be dancing. So yeah. those those were my. How deep is your love was four for me. Where was it? Did you did you have six? It? Four, four, and six. Fourteen, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Doing the math. Doing the math. Um, 
I don't know, guys. I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, y'all are the Bee Gees experts. I I think that this is not that my having wheelhouse. having a Bee Gees list without staying alive on it seems a little broken to me. I mean, it would be like to me, and this is some, and this, I'm, and I'm saying this from somebody who's not a particularly Bee Gees fan. Mm-hmm. It would be like if we did an Eagles one and Hotel California wasn't on the list. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Or if I we mean, did, I could see it being in, in the top five. Or if we did Leonard Skinner and Sweet Home Alabama wasn't right. on the list. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So then, so what does that I mean? mean? How deep is your love? You should be dancing to love somebody. Job talking tragedy night fever. Is there any that we want to move out that would that would help us kind of eliminate the the choices? I don't, did y'all even have to love somebody on yours? I your did. List? It was very low. I would. I did not have it on my list. I would put it to love somebody before I would have put job talking. I didn't have that one at all. You didn't have job talking. No, I just feel like that one. Like, you know, their hallmark is their vocal. And I think that it's not, I feel like that's the weakest vocal period that we have on the list. And that it's like they, they wrote it, like the range was too, too low. Like they're, they're reaching and it's a, it's, it's like you wrote the song. Why, why'd you out? Well, why'd you put it? But like, I don't think we need, for example, and I love them both, but I think they are very similar. Like. Too Much Heaven and How Deep Is Your Love are very similar tracks. They're similar in feel. They're similar in lyrical content. They're yeah, just But they're done by the same band. Right. I'm just saying that we don't need both of them on there. I think <clears throat> they're... So then are you saying we don't need any other disco song also? No, I'm not saying that because the disco songs don't necessarily sound as similar as those two do. I'm not buying that argument. Because by that logic, you could say, then we don't need to love somebody. It's another ballad. Because, I mean, there, there's a... That's a that's a more valid argument, I think. Because I don't think job talking or what's left. How deep is your love? You should be dancing to love somebody job talking tragedy night fever. Like, I don't think that job talking tragedy and you should be dancing sound anything like each other. They're disco songs. But they don't sound as similar as Too Much Heaven and what's the other one? How deep is Yeah, I mean. You need to start taking notes. <laughs> Trying to read up. You're taking notes. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I mean, in that sense, it makes sense. But, I mean, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is <clears throat> we're trying to pick the five best songs. Yeah. Not the five, not the best songs that encapsulate everything they can do. Right? Right. I just, I don't. I mean, that would be like if we did the Eagles, we would say, well, we've already got a Don Henley song. We really need to make sure that we get a Glenn Fry song, a Joe Walsh song. I'm just saying that those two Schmidt sound song. very similar to me. I don't think we need both of them. I, I, I don't think we need both of them. But what you're saying. And I don't think that both of them <laughs> are better than those up to. Okay, well, that's, that yeah. is, that's a worthy argument. But oh, otherwise to say, like, I think 
Too Much Heaven should be in because it's so good. And to love and and how deep is your love? It's almost just like it, which would also mean that <laughs> it's very good. It's also <laughs> um, so good, but we're not going to put it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I you know mean, what I, mean I, I, I do. I think it is. Huh? Okay. How are we going to do this? Oh my lord! Okay, we have three spots left. Six. So we have to cut half of these. Wow. I'm fine with cutting to love somebody because it will not go anywhere. And, I, and I've and i resigned myself to this fact. Even though I think it's a good song. They're all good songs. Yeah. I mean, okay. But I'm not willing to give up job talking. Which is weird because you drafted it lower. Right. But I don't. I mean, I can I can see the writing in the wall. I don't want to just sit here. I don't want to just sit here and argue. I mean, I know that's kind of the shtick, and that's what we do. But I don't think anybody wants to listen to to us belabor well, that not, point. I just feel like it's weird because, I mean, but like, but when I when I, I had it them, on my list and I didn't have the other one, and you're like, yeah, let me fight the uphill battle. <laughs> well. Partly because I think that the songs that, for lack of a better term, the disco songs, um, they are such an important part of their catalog. And we do already have, what, Too Much Heaven. We have Too Much Heaven and Staying Alive. Right. Okay. I, you know. Um. Shoot. Um, Honestly, I mean, then what? What do you? Yeah, what do you think should go over? That's left. We have three spots. So I can tell you, what's over right now? Too much heaven and staying alive. Okay, <clears throat> so the 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 ones that I think should go over. I know this is going to sound like I'm one my song in, but it's because it's. I'm just going to give you the three on my list that were the highest ranked that are not in yet. How deep is your love? Tragedy and night fever. Those are the three that I have that are the highest ranked on my big list that are not yet over. That's that's the same on my list, the way they were. They were in a different order, but yeah. But you do not have tragedy at all, at all. on your list. And the one I would cut. But do you do you have How Deep Is Your Love on your list? Yes. Where? It was four. Okay. But you, you don't have tragedy. Do you, do you have Night Fever on your list? Nine. Where do you? Where was Night Fever on your list? Four. I mean, I feel like w- when all this shakes out, I feel like Night Fever and How Deep Is Your Love is going to go over because we're ultimately going to say on our list, these rank collectively the highest. 
So I feel like those two, at at the end of the day, I would bet everybody a Coke that those two get over. I'm fine with that. And if we want to talk about tragedy because it's not on somebody's list and we want to, you know, Mm -hmm. So then would it be between tragedy and jive talking for the other spot? It would be. It would be for me because those are the two that I had. At that point, tragedy and jive talking would be the two highest on my list. And I don't have tragedy and she doesn't have jive talking. Right. So then we'd have to, you would just have to choose. Yeah. You know, or we would, would, if there was, uh, y'all don't, somebody didn't have you should be dancing in y'all. I did not. Okay. So. At that point, yeah, it would it would probably come down. I guess I would be the swing vote. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what we should do because then we still have to rank these. Correct. So we need to get the top five in place and then, <laughs> and then the, there's a whole other discussion after that. Okay, so. So are we good with How Deep Is Your Love and Night Fever? I mean, I am because those are both in my top five. Yeah, I'm outvoted. Okay, so. <laughs> now, here's where it gets sticky for me. Tragedy is four. Jive talking is six. They're really close. Mm-hmm. So I think this would be an appropriate time to do the give me your 30-second second, case to be made. All right? So who wants to go first? I think it's dumb that we are making, a, that we are having to make the 30-second case to you who doesn't even well, care. What I would say is that I don't think that a, a good lawyer trash talks to judge before they give their 30-second <laughs> talk. We're not in court. <laughs> I'm just saying... That uh, uh, I, I've not seen that particular strategy work out in the courtroom. <laughs> so are you gonna? Are you not gonna give your thirty? Seconds? No, I'll give what? my uh, freaking thirty seconds. Uh, <laughs> then you may begin. No, I don't want to go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Beth. So you're. I don't you're, even know what's what's she arguing for. She's arguing for tragedy. Okay, and you're. Uh, Arguing for jive talking. Okay. Okay. Beth, All right. Tragedy. Um, I think tragedy is a richer song overall. I think vocally, I think musically. Jive talking has a great bass line, and it's like, but it's kind of the whole thing. It's like, that's the song. Um, but tragedy, it has those multiple sections within it. It starts off, you know, here I lie in the lost and lonely part of town. It's, it's wandery. Then it intensifies pre-chorus. And then in the chorus, it's huge. Then it comes back down, and it has all kinds of different elements. You've got synth. You've got horns. You've got really um, metally electric guitar lines. There's a lot that's, that's layered and pushed in there that's, like, you could see how it's got, like, guitar mini and stuff like that, which is really interesting. Um, and as for... Has all those really good harmonies and the big range. Again, Jive talking. They wrote a song in a range that is vocally you cannot even hear. It's like only dogs can hear. It's so low they can't get it out. Um, like I, 
it's fine, but I think it's not as rich of a song as tragedy, musically or vocally. Okay. Heather, Jive Talking. Okay, well, if you listen to the entirety of, of Jive Talking, it starts out with that low, breathy solo, but then as it grows, the harmonies grow as well. It is important because it did facilitate their comeback and put them back in the public eye in a, in a different way. They changed up their style. It was something that was different. Um, those synth bass and just synth parts with, that double with the, with the vocals is something a little bit different. It, it, it has a um, kind of a Stevie Wonder type influence. He was also um, doing that kind of thing at the same time uh, with the doubling the vocals and the, the synth part. Um, just using the, the scratchy guitar sound was something innovative. And I think that it was more... I'm not saying tragedy is a bad song. There's lots of good layering going over there, but I think as far as making something that is new and important and influential, um, and, and something that had not necessarily been heard before that jive talking is the superior song and the groove's better. The groove's better. I feel the groove is better in jive talking than in tragedy. Hmm. Tragedy, it seems, you know, it, it it is big and it seems kind of symphonic almost, but um, I just feel like if you're going to like really get it into your whole body and your bones, Jive Talking is a better groove to it than Tragedy. Okay. All right. So, these songs are very close to me. Not close as in like I care about them, but <laughs> they're very close in... How much you like them? How much I like them. I mean, I, I'm starting to feel like all this power. Just <laughs> like I hold the weight, the balance of this podcast now rests in my hands. It's kind of a good feeling. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I, I, I do actually like both songs. I think that I think I, I would agree that the groove is better in Jive Talking. I think the overall best song is Tragedy. As evidenced by I had it ranked. I actually would have ranked Tragedy ahead of Staying Alive, but I wanted to make I didn't want to have a moment where we didn't draft Staying Alive. So I wanted to make sure it was in somebody's top three. But I would have put Tragedy ahead of Staying Alive if I was being honest with my big list, mm. if that makes sense. But I felt like if we didn't draft Staying Alive, it, it ironically would have been a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with Tragedy for that last spot. Okay, so that's our top five. Too Much Heaven. Staying Alive, How Deep Is Your Love, Night Fever, and Tragedy. Okay. Now, let's rank them. Heather, what's your favorite out of the top five? 
<laughs> she's swole. She big mad right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Let's get her a cape. She can be super mad. Uh-huh. That's so funny. Um. I don't. I don't know. We got too much heaven, staying alive. Yeah. How deep is your love? Night fever and tragedy. And and those were the order that we, I think we decided to put them over there. That's not the yeah, but that's the order that we felt like they were safe enough to go into that. I'm not group. I'm not considering that those are the five on the list, which are not really anywhere close to the five that I would have put on the list. Um, that order is fine with me. No, I'm not. No, I'm serious. Well, it's not um, fine with me. So let's if, check. Um, that, that's. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the list, and I don't. If think I rank to what I thought were, that high, I think that's crazy. It's the best song, not the most influential, not the best well known. Right. I don't think it's the best song. It's a better disco song than tragedy. Disagree for sure. Well, it's more disco than tragedy, I guess. It's not, a not song, but it's but not necessarily not more disco songs. The best Bee Gees songs. Uh, well, I understand that, but well, that's I, you. You asked Heather, looking at that list, what would you do? And then you and, say you don't care, but and, but I do no, care because then I'm going to tell you why. No, he asked me what order I would put them in. That is the order I would put them in. Okay. Well, so, <laughs> discuss. I don't know what to tell that's you. what we're trying to do. Okay, uh, my discussion is I don't think staying alive should be that high. That's the first thing I'll say. Right now, out. it's number three on the list. It's, well, we put it over on two because we're like, well, it needs to be in there. I got you. Okay, but I don't oh, think I, I don't think it should. I think it should be. Well, what do you think? Should I be would number put it four one? or five to be honest. What do you think should be number one? Well, I like tragedy best, but I could, I could see too much heaven being number one. And you like too much heaven ahead of tragedy. Obviously, you didn't even want tragedy in the top Correct. five. Well, I'm obviously going to vote for too I could, much heaven. I could that see that being number one. That'd be okay. fine with me. Is that okay with you? So the discussion then is going to be what's number two. Um, and it seems like our big debate is staying alive versus tragedy. No, wait, because you don't want tragedy. You want you tragedy really want at the back. Yeah, it was not on my list, so I would put it number five. Right, okay. Yeah. So, and Staying Alive currently is number two. Yeah. Um, how Deep Is Your Love? Where did you have How Deep Is Your Love? Six. Where did you have How Deep Is Your Love? Four. Four. It was number two for me. So, like, if How Deep Is Your Love, you know, rises to the top somewhere, I would be okay with that. Oh, of course, I drafted it. Of course I did. Um <laughs> I forgot what I drafted. Um, Staying Alive was number three for me. But you said that was strictly because you thought it should be drafted. You like tragedy Right, better. but I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle to get Heather to agree to move tragedy all the way up to number two. Well, I don't, that's I just, because somebody's being petty. But no, I just, no if I, like, I, think I don't I, like the song as much or else I would have drafted it in one of these other nine songs. It didn't okay. make my list at I would all. Say, okay, I would dang. say because this list is supposed to be a collaboration where all of our opinions share somewhat equal weight. I would say, I don't know that I want tragedy all the way down to number five, but if Heather's like set against it, it would be hard 
That's to raise it all the way up to number two. That's you know what I mean? Fine. Then at the very least, night fever should be above staying alive. I had night fever number five. Where did you have night fever? Nine. You had staying alive relatively low, like number mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. Ugh, you guys like the beaches too much. This is going to get hairy. If it were me, considering if, if how deep is your love is not going to be number two, my personal choice would be staying alive. For number two? It was my number three anyway. And so if 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 Heather doesn't is gonna, you know, fight against tragedy being raised up the list, I can't see tragedy being higher than like number three. But that doesn't mean staying alive has to be two. No, it? but it well, no, like my m- But I guess because of the rest of your the Right. Way I mean, I like staying alive better than night fever. Okay. Well, I mean, there's nothing I can do about that then. So is that the way that's going to shake out no matter what? I don't know. I mean, that depends on. I mean, I'm just telling you my opinion is right. number one, if I if I could just if I could just write, if I was king of the Bee Gees episode, I would put down how deep is your love. But mm-hmm. I don't know where you guys have that. Aside, and that would give me number one and number two, which I'm sure is probably not in y'all would probably not be particularly that, happy but... about it. But outside of how deep is your love being number two and tragedy probably not going all the way up to number two because one of us is set against it, staying alive would be the one that I would put number two because I like it better than night fever, which is the other choice, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... Is that the way it's going to be? I mean, I still... She, say, she's nodding. No, for the, I know. For the folks out. No, I <laughs> still... I still... I mean, I stick with what I said five minutes ago. I think that if I were going to make the list, how they are up there, that's how I would put it. That's still how I think they should be ranked. All right. Well, I don't think how deep is your should be. <laughs> you don't think it should be three? I don't think... I think... Okay. I think... I, I would prefer to see... At least one of these other two. I just, I mean, I, I like how deep is your love. It's just, it's the lowest one that I had left on my list of ranking. Because uh, I, that's my number one and my number four and my number six. I mean, I like Night Fever fine. I like Tragedy fine. Um, I really don't. I'm not going to get swole no matter how the rest of these three. We have to to make a decision. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, So, like, my first preference still would be how deep is your love. My next preference would probably be tragedy because I had it ranked higher on my list and then night fever. So, if it were me, I would go how deep is your love, tragedy, night fever. Heather, you would go what? Uh, How deep is your love? The, the, the way, way it is, is on the list. <laughs> I would, Not fever and tragedy. Yeah, so you would flip those. Two. I would just flip those two. And you would go tragedy, not I fever. How deep is your love? I mean, it's not. Okay, so how about yeah. how about this compromise? Mm-hmm. How about we move how deep is your love to four? And then... 
Tragedy and Night Fever. Tragedy and Tragedy number three, Night Fever five. I'm fine with that. You mean four? No. I mean, Tragedy is one of those songs. It, it, it's for me. It's kind of like the Bruce Dickinson thing. The more I think about it, the more I think there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I went from Bruce Dickinson being my last pick. I remember. <laughs> To getting that boy in the top five. I don't think anybody else had him on the list. On no, list. no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I'm I am now the biggest Bruce Dickinson fan <laughs> in the world. <laughs> well, okay. So where does this leave us? Well, if if we're okay with the compromise, it will leave us with tragedy third, how deep is your love for, and not fever five. I can agree with that. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, other is disengaged. I don't. <laughs> I already told you how I would put him, but that's not how it's going to go. So that's fine. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for playing. Uh, <laughs> okay. So our final ranking: best BG songs. One, too much heaven. Two, staying alive. Three, tragedy. Four, how deep is your love? And five, night fever. Okay. That's not bad. That's no. not bad. I guess. I I like it. Heather say it's a list. Me too. <laughs> so you guys had one more thing you wanted to say? Oh yeah, we just want to revisit. Uh, like at the end of song, like know? at the end of thanks the very for, good. Thanks yeah. for listening to the Music List podcast, the best BG song. Tagging it up on the Music List podcast, making the Music List have a some crazy crazy argument. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. (laughs)